Welcome to the GBU Podcast, presented by Alex Mitchell. A massive welcome to this episode of the GBU Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Baroness Tani Gray-Thompson, a person that has been instrumental to my own journey in relation to starting up and scaling my own charity, who has always been there, who is a huge, successful career in Paralympic sports, but is also doing amazing things now in relation to sports and activity in her role at the House of Lords. In this episode, we're going to talk a bit about resilience, about how to get the most out of your team, about how to pick yourself up when things don't go according to plan, the importance of friends, and crucially, the importance of the right type of friends. So I am sure, I know you'll get an amazing amount out of this. So enjoy the episode. For this episode, I'm joined by a truly remarkable individual. She has been a real critical friend of mine over the years. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for her, the charity I set up back in 2012 simply wouldn't have been here after a challenge she gave me after a BBC interview and said, right, now you need to take it on to the next level. She is a fantastic person, really motivated, hugely inspiring. But to say a little bit about more who she is and what she does, Baroness Tanny Gray-Thompson, over to you. Hello, so I'm Tani. Uh, I was an athlete for 25 years, competed at five Paralympics, retired a really long time ago and now sit in the House of Lords and work on things like disability rights and sport and duty of care and lots of things that interest me. So that's me. So Tani, let's just, um, what we'll do is talk a little bit about what you're doing at the moment because I know obviously fitness, well-being, when we're stuck at home, you chair UK Active, it's it's a challenge at the moment and is hugely important what advice to you from you do you have to people out there in relation to trying to make time for fitness or trying to trying to be active when we're it's a fairly depressing time it's a fairly tough time and we're all stuck indoors or stuck in with a small garden if we're lucky it, it is a really difficult time and you know being fit and healthy is important you know just when we're in normal times because it's good for mental health and well-being it's you know it sort of keeps diseases at bay, you know, it just makes you feel better. But during the pandemic, it's been difficult because a lot of the places people normally go to, which might be a gym or leisure provision or swimming or, you know, out on the water, that, that are all closed. And, you know, that's tough on the businesses, but um, it's also really difficult for people to learn to be creative. And, you know, a lot of people don't have equipment at home. I mean, very sadly, just on my desk, I kind of have my weights, but, um, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And as soon as lockdown happened, you couldn't buy a kettlebell for love nor money anywhere. So um, I think now the weather's getting a bit better. It's easier to go out and to walk as long as we physically distance. But um, that motivation is really difficult. And everyone, you know, is going to have lots of ups and downs during this time about how they feel, how they're coping, you know, how they're getting on with their family members or if they're on their own. You know, it's, mm. it's not easy on anyone. But even more important than any other time, we need people to stay at hospital and we need people to be fit and well. And part of that is, is being active. And, and there are some amazing, I mean, I know UK Active have been putting out some great content. There are some amazing things on YouTube as well on how to stay active with limited resources at home. Some of them, I did one by um, the Bella Twins, who used to be WWE wrestlers, I think, over in the United States. I've never done anything so hard in my life. It was ridiculous. But still, there is some great stuff out there. Tony, let's talk a little bit about when you're an athlete, because obviously a lot of those watching this are going to be founders running startup and particularly scale-up businesses at the moment. When you're an athlete, we see you, we saw you on the track. We saw you winning medals. I remember it very vividly. 
it isn't just you on the track though. There is obviously a huge team around you and it is important to have the right skill sets in that team, right? Yeah, and everybody brings different things. You know, we I had coaches, training partners, dietitians, physiotherapists, um, you know, and everyone brings something different to it. You know, and I didn't travel with this huge entourage of people, but it's finding the experts, finding people. I think personal connection makes a huge difference. And actually, you know, you're not always going to get on really well with people you have to work with. Um, but if someone's got the right skill set, you've got to find a, a way through that. Um, and for me, you know, I was the one that ultimately, ultimately performed at that last moment but there were lots of people who contributed so for me it was about having a really good team and one of the most important things I learned as a young athlete is you can train hard but you also need to train smart um you know you can waste a lot of time training you can waste a lot of time measuring the boat bolts on your chair to see how much they weigh but if the chair doesn't work properly you know and actually you need to do stuff like that but it all needs to come together as well so for me it was um it, it was from being really young. It was maximizing the time I had to train, um, you know, working with the people around me and, and just working hard. You know, we trained 12 to 15 times a week, 50 weeks of the year for pretty much my whole career. I got, I got an extra 10 days off training when I was about to give birth. Um, and I trained differently. A whole 10 days. Yeah. I mean, I, I still trained through my pregnancy and I trained, you know, quite soon after, but and it changed, but so it's that adaptability that's really important as well, that you don't just plow on regardless, that you, if you hit a target or you miss a target, you evaluate, you stop, you take time. Time to figure out where you are is really important because you can just go off on this really random direction that doesn't contribute to what you want. And it, there are times, you know, now in my political career, you think, oh, this is important, this is urgent. And it's actually stopping to think about what you really need to do, what will bring the most impact is, is that's what successful athletes are able to do. They're able to pivot, change, get good people around them. And critical friends are important, but they're able to be really adaptable in, in the circumstances that they find themselves in. And I think that's a good segue onto the current situation we find ourselves in from a business unprecedented times. I know we hear that word used a heck of a lot at the moment, but it is for business and for everyone. When you faced an issue with, say, you, you were at a competition, you didn't get the result you wanted to get. How did you, you know, you, you aim for something, you motor, you go towards it for either, you know, weeks, months, in some cases, years. The same with business. You focus, you drive, you create cash flow, you create customers, you create buy-in, and then suddenly something comes along where you're not able to get the result you want. How did you build up that, you know, because it's quite a, an emotional thing. How, how do you build up that sort of that personal fortitude, that personal inner strength to go, right, I didn't get it, but I need to move on. How, what, what did that look like from an, athlete, uh, from an athlete's perspective? Well, I, I had it in Athens, which my final Paralympics, where I completely and utterly screwed up my 800 meter final, which was my strongest event. I've been unbeaten over that distance for, I think, 12 years. And it was, it was solely my decision-making process in the final that put me in a really bad position, which meant... I didn't have a chance of winning. So even if I'd made the right decision at that point, I still may not have won, but I made a decision that meant I absolutely wasn't going to come anywhere. Um, and, and you have to accept and understand there is emotion around those moments and you have to have time to deal with that emotion, but you've also got to learn to pull yourself out of it and then evaluate. So for us, we had training diaries, you know, where you measure everything from your hydration to your heart rate. You know, you're in the lab several times a year looking at your oxygen capacity. You're looking at all these different things. Um, and then it's sitting down and, and with people around, you know, really evaluating what went right, what didn't go right, what you could have done better. And it's not a blame culture. It's okay. 
what do I need to do differently next time? And for me, it was just important. I had a group of people around me that I really trusted. Um, and, and they're the ones, you know, who, who help make a difference. So between my intermediate final and my next race, I had two days. And, okay. you know, you've got to get yourself back in the game. And, yeah. you know, I did, did you know, but that's because I just had people I trusted around me to be able to talk to through. And you, you've got to pull yourself up because actually if you really want to do it, you know, I meet lots of youngsters who, who maybe think they want to be a Paralympic athlete and that's brilliant, but, but you need to train, you need to commit, you need to have all those different things. The glory bits are two minutes at the end of a four year cycle. You know, my Paralympic career over five games is 19 and a half minutes. You know, that, that's the length of time I competed on the track. The reality of it yeah. is just thousands of hours training. And, and that's the bit you've got to commit to. The bit at the end, that's the nice stuff. That's the easy stuff. It's, it's all the build-up and the prep that, that, that's hard and challenging and what you've got to find a way through. And how did you know, a hugely successful athletics career, massive amounts of medals won, hugely inspirational in relation to that side, now in the House of Lords, what was that transition like? How do you, how do you find it? What's, um, you know, I, I'm sure it's very similar. I, I'm sure there's, there is limited difference. But, but how did you, you know, moving from one area which is very results orientated, very focused, very structured, to something that is, is possibly a little bit less so and more around debate and more around conversations correctly. How, how have you found that transition? The biggest transition was not knowing what time we were going to do anything. You come from a world sport where you know two years out the time of day you're going to be competing in a Paralympic final and you've got a hundred years of rain data and you know, the track, you know, who made the track and how that track reacts in those temperatures. So you've got all this data suddenly, you know, you're in a place where the debate might be Tuesday, but it might be three weeks Wednesday. And that was the hardest thing. So there's, there's a lot of process in the Lords. Right. And so actually that's fairly similar to sport. You need to learn the rules of engagement how to interact with people, you need to learn the process and then you've got a chance. But for me, I was always interested in politics, not party politics so much, but interested in affecting change. So in that way, the, it wasn't such a big transition. And I think the other thing you learn from sport is just ask loads of questions. If you don't understand something, just ask. You, in your sport, you have to. And for me, it was the same in politics. When you see something on the screen that says it's a prayer to annul, what, what does that mean you know and there's a book and you know you can find it and sometimes it makes sense we've got a rule book called the companion to the standing orders um but you know we've got lots of people and, and one thing i found is that if you just go and ask people how something's done or why it's done or how you do it they're incredibly helpful but i i see colleagues who are too nervous about asking the question who because they're an expert in their field they've not been used to asking why or how and, and for me, that's, you know, so I, when I first went there, I just went and talked to loads of different peers about their experience, how they got change done, what they did, how they learned. And, and I still do that. And that's really important is never be afraid to ask questions. That's really important. And that's a fantastic lesson in relation to business as well, because you've been helping me talk about where I take Kittis out onto the next level and structuring the board and the type of skill sets on that side it's the same issue you get in business. You know, people are unwilling to ask questions. And I know speaking to you, you've always said, you know, don't, never be afraid to ask a question. You need to surround yourself with people that ask the right questions. 
in in the boards you sit on now is is that an active focus is that how you challenge the boards at the moment the organizations you ha are involved in the organizations you have been involved in is, is that what you come on board with to say right this is how i'm going to do it i think everyone's different and then even within a cycle you do things in a different way so i think it's learning to be adaptable because how you might tackle one issue is not how you tackle another so um the biggest thing i find is that when I feel very passionate about something and I've, I'm, I'm trying to dial that down and, and just be sort of much more even about it, people might say to me, God, you're really direct, aren't you? And you go, oh, I've toned it down quite a lot. Oh, right, okay. So for me, it's, um, it's trying to find the right voice and the right level of voice, which I don't always get right. Um, and, you know, an excuse or not, it's because I care about things. And so, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from that. But... I think it's also is that if you're going to ask a question, it's, it's not being afraid to listen to the answer because it might not always be the answer you want. And that's, that's something else which is, is always quite difficult. Um, but I think from sport, we've learned that, you know, you're not going to agree with everyone all the time, but you've mm. got to work together to, to make it happen. And I think the thing in sport, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, you know, and I get that because I was in, ultimately in charge of my career. I was at the centre and I was sort of directing and pulling everyone in around me. Um, and I sometimes find hard to let go of things mm. and that's uh, that's something that's that can be useful to let go at the right time and and to trust other people you know to trust that other people can do it as well or better maybe in a bit of a different way than than you can so what I've learned you know in some of the stuff I do in parliament I'm not an expert you know I know a lot of stuff about it but I wouldn't say I'm an absolute expert mm. and for me it's about finding the experts and then, you know, it's how you, you pull those in and how you learn from those to, to then deliver in that moment that you're in a debate, deliver the best, you know, solution you can possibly do. And for me, it's, I, uh, I, I try to be solution oriented. I mean, it's really easy to moan. I mean, I can moan with the best of them, but I try really hard to find solutions. Um, mm. and, and I think sport and politics helps you do some of those sorts of things. Yeah. And I, I think also it's always very easy to moan after the situation. Hindsight loading, everyone's got sort of 2020 on hindsight. And it's, it's when you need solutions to current situations. But the focus of these podcasts are for founders that are sort of in this situation, dealing with things virtually, dealing with things which are suddenly their world's been turned upside down. Yeah. And sort of that embracing that, you know, don't worry, that mental fortitude and all the rest of it, but also crucially to share some lessons on when things haven't gone wrong or haven't gone quite right with individuals in the past and the lesson learned from. If there was, I mean, you've mentioned some great ones of surrounding yourself with the right individuals. I thought the point of listening to an answer, which you might not want to hear and taking that on board is a really good one. But if there was one lesson you wanted to share with individuals about a, a situation where something hasn't quite gone according to plan or something went wrong and what was the lesson you learned out of it what, what would be the key one you would want to share I think so Athens which is my third games I was expected to win four golds and I won a gold and three silvers and coming back I was told I was a failure by our head coach and there were two planes coming out of Atlanta the first one was called the winner's plane the second was called the loser's plane and originally I'd been on the winner's plane, then I got demoted to the loser's plane, then I got put back on the winner's plane. Apparently I wasn't grateful enough to be back on the winner's plane. Um, what, what I'd learned from that, so, you know, there's some funny stuff in there, some quite deep sort of hurt in there as well. Mm. I'm sure my mates are on the loser's plane. But um, uh, what I learned from that is learn who your friends are. Learn who your critical friends are. Because I remember coming back and somebody who didn't know me very well saying, oh, you might as well retire because you've got no value to the team anymore. Mm, okay. And it was like that 
in, in that moment of emotion is not the time to be making those really big life-changing situations. And I'd said to this person, I am not doing this right now. I'm, and they said to me, well, I've just photocopied your press release to announce your retirement. I thought, well, that's a good reason to retire then, isn't it? Um, and I said that slightly sarcastically, quite sarcastically, um, which doesn't, you know, that doesn't work either. But, um, you know, I, I kind of went home and talked to, to, to critical friends. And when you're winning, everyone's your mate. Everyone, you know, wants to be part of what you're doing. And when you hit challenges, that's when you find out who your friends are. So for me, it was actually the group of friends saying, um, you know, just, just what you want to do, you know, actually, I still wanted to compete. I still wanted to train being GB was part of that. But if it wasn't going to happen, there were still lots and lots of things I could do. So for me, it was about getting through that moment and, um, you know, making the decision to carry on. And I did another two Paralympics after that. It would have been really easy at that point to walk away. And for me, it wasn't about that. It was doing what I believe right. So I think there's an element, you, you have to have an ego in sport. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, if you're setting up your own business, you have to have a level of ego yep. to keep you going through those really difficult times. And uh, I, I think that's important to recognize you have these moments of ups and downs, but you know, if it's something you want to do, then you know, you, you need to crack on and do it. Tani, that was amazing. And I, I've been, I remember when I started out, when I left my current job, Everyone was saying, oh, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, go start, uh, you know, start on your own. I'll be there to support you. And it is amazing how quickly those sort of friends, in inverted commas, dry up and how they are not actually there and they don't want to engage with you. And you, you know, emails unanswered, telephone calls, WhatsApp messages unanswered. And then when you start doing well again, then they're back knocking at the door and having a chat. And I think surrounding yourself with those individuals, those ones that are really there for you when the chips are down is absolutely crucial because the other ones are going to be here today and gone tomorrow and they're not going to provide anything and not be there for you so i, I think tani that was an amazing insight and thank you so so much for your time i really appreciate it. it's awesome thank you thank, thank you all so much for watching i hope you got some great lessons out of that and until next time stay safe and stay well thank you for listening to another episode of the gbu podcast presented by alex mitchell 